Well, good evening, folks. Tonight, I want to minister a message entitled, Where Do You Focus? And a lot of us have got to the point already when we've been giving so many uh, hours of teaching already that a lot of us know that we should be carrying some sort of authority. But I want to tell you something, that when you live in a natural world, your focus is going to determine what is going to happen to you. And tonight I want to deal with where do we focus and what results we get when we start looking at different things. So I want us quickly to look at Exodus chapter 9. And we're going to go through one or two scriptures tonight. And I want us to sit down and really take note of what I want to teach tonight. Because if we don't get this thing sorted out, we are going to lose out a lot of what God has for us. So, Exodus chapter 9. Okay, no problem, I don't want to know why. Alright, Exodus chapter 9, from verse 1. And this is the plagues that came on to the Egyptians. And I want you to see this, and it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, and this is the fifth plague, Go to Pharaoh and tell him, Thus says the Lord God of the Hebrews, Let my people go, and they may serve me. For if you refuse to let them go, and still hold them, behold, the hand of the Lord will be on your cattle in the field, and in the horses, and on the donkeys, and on the camels, and on the oxen, and on the sheep, a very severe pestilence. And the Lord will make a difference between the livestock of Israel and the livestock of Egypt. So nothing shall die of all that belongs to the children of Israel. And the Lord appointed a set time, saying, Tomorrow the Lord will do this thing in the land. So the Lord did the thing the next day, and all the livestock of Egypt died. But the livestock of the children of Israel, not one died. This is quite cool. God says, listen, if you don't want to let my people go, I'll kill every one of your animals. And he did. Okay? And I want you to see that there are, diff- there are two camps. There's the Egyptian camp and the Israelites. But in today's society, we have the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness. And I want us to know that so often when things go wrong in the earth, we think that we are part of the natural thing that's going on. And we have got to realize that we are not part of the Egyptian system anymore. We are not part of the world system anymore. So when the world system crashes, you have got another alternative. You have an alternative of the kingdom of God. You have the alternative to sit down and say, but that is not going to affect me. The only way that it affects me is whichever side I focus on. If I focus on the godly side, I can change the entire environment around me, or I can sit down and go with the flow like everybody else does. And so you have got to decide which side you are going to focus on. Am I going to do what God wants me to do? Or am I going to do what the world is every, and everybody else is doing? Because I will have the same results as what the world's going to have. If I started to believe in the Egyptians' animals, I would have died, and my animals would have died with them. But Israel knew that they had a living God and they believed and trusted Moses. And whatever Moses said, they did. 
Now I want to tell you, Jesus Christ has given us some instructions. And He wants us to start trusting Him. To start seeing the way that He sees things, not the way that the world sees things. Now there's another example that would have made things very different for us. Let's go to Genesis chapter 32 quickly. And we're going to touch a few things and I want you to see these things. In Genesis chapter 2 we have the story of Jacob. Now you know the story with Jacob with the animals. Alright, and he wanted to get himself a wife, and he wasn't allowed to get himself a wife because um, he had to first get hold of these animals. He had to get some wealth first. Remember? And so he had to keep working. And so as he kept on working, he kept on sitting down, and the rules kept changing. Sorry, it's not chapter... I'm just quickly just seeing... Where is it now? I've got the wrong chapter. 32. Is it Genesis 32? Twenty-four. I'm not looking for the fight. I've got a wrong chapter. Alright. Okay, I'll, I'll get the chapter now. But I want you to see the story. Yeah, he's got to sit down and remember that he was busy working off a type of a labola for his wife. And he was told, listen, animals that are mainly brown with white dots, okay, you can have. And so guess what? All the animals that were born got brown with white dots. So then they swapped it around and said, okay, no, only the white animals with brown dots you can have. And so it carried on with the black dots and the white dots and the mixtures, and there was a plane. And so he had to sit down, and every single time they changed the rules, he had to sit down and get that result coming through. Now the thing is this, it is not natural for animals to keep changing their colors. It's not natural. If you go and look at animals, you'll see that if they've got certain breed going through, you're going to have that breed. But every single time they change the rules, Jacob ended up with a different set of rules for him. Now I want you to know what changes that thing around. Because he was not looking at the natural, he was looking at the spiritual. He was looking at a different set of rules for him. And as he trusted in those set of rules, everything changed in the natural. 31. 30. We'll keep going. We'll find it. Alright. 31. Is it 30? Alright, this. Okay, verse 25. You're going to read it up, okay? And so whatever it was, um, whatever the rules were changed, it happened just in Jacob's favor. And he started getting all of these things as he went along. Now I want you to see something. That you don't have to go down the road as everybody else. Now right through the Old Testament, God always anointed somebody that was going to be different. There was at least one person that was different. Whether it be the priest, whether it be the king, or whether it be the prophet. Somebody who had an experience of the Holy Ghost, they used to see things differently, and they used to act differently to everybody else. Now you take example, Noah. I mean, Noah did not look at the entire planet, he looked at what God said. God said there was going to be a flood, Noah didn't doubt it, he said, okay, I don't care if all 
of you think that I'm wrong, we'll see who's right. And guess what? He was the only guy on the entire planet right. So he decided, listen, I'm going to trust God. And there were many times in the Bible when you sit down and you look at the Daniels. Daniel says, I will pray to God. And everybody says, no, you're wrong. And he carried on. And his result was that he ended up being high up in government. The entire nation started to serve God because of him. So what am I saying? You don't have to focus on what everybody else is seeing. You have got to start focusing on what God said. You've got to start putting your focus on God's word. The city could be falling apart, but God says it's going to be blessed. Guess what? It's going to be blessed. You have the power to release it and to change every circumstance that is around you as long as we start believing it. And so too many Christians, full of the Holy Ghost, are walking around just like the world. And yet in the Old Testament, if somebody had the Holy Spirit on them, they did not act normal. Come and think of it. David, I mean he did not act normal. He was not a normal king. And these guys got so blessed. I mean, Hezekiah got so blessed with so much stuff that he actually had to build cities to store the stuff he was given. Aren't you like to have so much stuff, you've got to build a city. But David understood this thing of the Holy Spirit. Remember when he sinned, he says, please don't take your Holy Spirit from me. I understand that when I've got the Holy Spirit, there is a supernatural power that is demonstrated, a supernatural ability, a supernatural hearing your voice. And David said, please don't take your Holy Spirit from me. But we as Christians today, who have the Holy Spirit, who pray in tongues, who have the gifts, who can hear God, still fall into the trap of focusing on what everybody else is focusing on. And we need to start changing that. We are not looking for one man or two people in the entire earth that says, listen, this must be different. We should have millions saying, this is not going to be this way. I am going to focus on what the Word says and what the power of God can do. I'm not going to focus on what the world is doing. So if the economy crashes, you say, well, that's fine. I am just exempt from that economy. I'm going to trust God for a supernatural breakthrough despite what's going on in the world. If everybody's getting flu, you go, well, that's fine. You can have your flu. I am not going to have the flu. I'm exempt from that. You see, Jesus Christ understood this to the point that he was one of the only guys on the planet at the time that was doing everything contrary to everything else. And Jesus did not sit down and say, Oh, well, I cannot come near you because you are contagious. You know, the leper, you'd lay hands on the leper. I mean, if you've ever seen somebody with leprosy, most of us would not go and lay hands on them. But there was no way that he was going to sit down and focus on the natural stuff and allow the natural stuff to dictate to him what should be happening. Because he understood what God had said to him, the power of God operating through Jesus. And he said, listen, I, as I operate, you are to do it this well. You are not supposed to be different from me. I'm an example of what you should be doing. That's why he rebuked his disciples. He says, by now you should have enough faith. You should be doing these things. How many times must I come and show you? How many times was I demonstrated to you? And what Jesus Christ was doing is saying, listen, do not look at what the world is doing. Do not focus on what they are doing. Do not go the way that they are going. Go according to my word. 
Now I know that for most of us that is very strange. Okay, because we have not been taught this way. But that's why the Bible says, be careful who you hang around with. Make sure that the people that you hang around with are men and women of faith. Men and women that can build you up and encourage you and build you to a place where you can sit down and say, let's stand together. Let's fight this thing together. Let's handle the peer pressure together. Let's reverse the curse. Instead of sitting down and saying, well, we understand, this is just life, everything bad happens to everybody. No, it does not have to happen that way. You can have a supernatural flow in your life, divine favor, divine blessing, and start seeing things operating on a level that you've never seen before. It's just because we end up not being consistent in the spirit, and that is why we have these ups and downs. If we are to be consistent every single day, start praying before God, pushing in with God and saying, God, it's me and you. We are, I've got to get your mind on this thing. I've got to get your heart on this thing. I've got to get your spirit on this thing. God, help me break this thing and turn the atmosphere, turn the situation, turn the conditions around me, the circumstances. I'm telling you right now, it's going to start happening. You know, if you look at Jesus' life, not once did he ever get faced by the conditions. He didn't suddenly go, oh shucks, there's 5,000 people that must be fed. He didn't panic. He just goes, well that's the problem, but I'll just solve it. I mean, his mother even tweaked on to that. And said, listen, he'll just fix it, there's no wine here, there's not enough. Hey Jesus, go sort this out. You see, something about Mary, she understood that Jesus could change the natural. She understood it. Now, I don't know where she got this from. I don't know where she got the revelation of this. But let me tell you something. There was one mighty lady who understood that this guy can change whatever happens. It's not a problem. She didn't doubt him. She just said, listen, she ignored him. And she said, listen, just do what he tells tells you to do anyway. And he did it. And so when he had to feed the 5,000, it was not a problem. When he had to sit down and pay his taxes, it was not a problem. When he had to sit down and calm the sea, it was not a problem. When he had to walk on water, it was not a problem. The natural never phased him one bit. But if we can get the same mindset and saying, God, I'm not going to be phased by this thing. I'm not going to let that fear or that circumstance or that negativity or that doubt come into my heart, even though everybody else is doubting. Everybody else is in fear. Everybody else is speaking negative. You see, that is why for a season you might have to withdraw from some of your friends because all they're talking about is junk. All they're talking about is how wrong things are, how bad things are, how terrible things are. And you should be sitting down and going, but that's not the word of God. I have the authority in Jesus Christ to change this thing. If there's a suburb that's going to reconnoit, we can go move in there and start turning it around because we are living there. We carry that anointing, we carry that blessing, and it's about time that we start turning it around. And we need to be conscious about what God wants to do in and through us. And we need to sit down and say, God, I'm not going to focus on these things anymore. And that is why it is so exciting when you go through the mighty men right through the Old Testament. They did not focus on what everybody else was focusing on. They just went and did what they thought was right and what God said to them. And whatever they did, things started to happen. (coughs) Excuse me, every one of them. You'll see that the Holy Spirit that had come upon them. 
The difference is, the church of Jesus Christ has the Holy Spirit living in us. And we are not using it, our gifts, our position, our authority. And I want to challenge us today. Are you focusing on the wrong thing? <coughs> so you know, are you looking around and checking what the world's doing and saying, well, I am like that. Ach, well, this is just how it's going. Don't catch yourself doing that. Rather sit down and say, I am a child of God. This might be tough, but I'm not accepting it. Whatever's coming right now, I am not accepting it. I'm going to reverse this in the name of Jesus. I'm going to pray until this thing breaks. Because the power of God in me is greater than that power that's in this world. I want to give you another example. Luke chapter 8. And this is what I really enjoy. Luke chapter 8, verse 49. And remember, this is where this ruler of the synagogue had asked Jesus to come to his house because his daughter was sick. And then in the midst of that, Jesus dawdled. And then the woman with the issue of blood came along and he was still talking to her and healed her and that. Verse 49. While he was still speaking to the woman with the issue of the blood, someone came from the ruler of the synagogue's house saying to him, Your daughter is dead, don't trouble the teacher. When Jesus heard it, he answered him and said, Do not be afraid, only believe, and she'll be made well. Now listen carefully. He did not say that she'll be raised from the dead. Jesus Christ did not focus on anybody else. He did not focus on the natural. He just said, don't worry, she'll be made well, she'll be fine. And when Jesus came to the house, he permitted no one to go in except Peter, James and John, and the father and the mother of the girl. Now all wept and mourned for her, and then he said, Do not weep, she's not dead but sleeping. Now listen to the next verse. They ridiculed him, knowing that she was dead. In other words, listen, who's this oh coming here and telling me this child's not dead? We know what we're talking about, this child is dead. Check, she's dead. Okay? But Jesus Christ never succumbed to the natural. He never, no matter what the problem was. And let me tell you something, when you're sitting with a dead person, that looks like a problem. And Jesus goes, she's not dead, she's just asleep, and he rises her from the dead and raises her up and says, listen, here's your daughter. I want you to know, that is how Jesus wants us to operate. There is nothing on this earth that is big enough for us not to overcome. There is nothing on this earth that we cannot get through and break through by the power of Jesus Christ. Supernaturally, God can turn your situation around within hours, within minutes, as long as we allow Him to. But here comes the question. Are you focusing on the Word? Are you focusing on what God said? Are you allowing the Holy Spirit and the gifts and the power of God to work through your life? Or are you trying to solve it in the natural? Because so many of us, when there's a problem, we try and solve it in the natural. The only problem is, you are not going to be able to raise somebody from the dead in the natural. You are not going to be able to sit down and tell the entire universe to stand still like Joshua did in the natural. These things are not going to work in the natural. And the time it's going to take for you to get off of the stuff that you need is going to take a very long time, naturally. But you can speed this thing up as long as you understand the power of God inside of you is greater than anything else that you see. So I want to encourage you tonight. 
Two things. One, how consistent are you? Are you consistently getting into the Word? Are you consistently hearing what God wants? Are you consistently practicing your authority? Are you consistently saying, Devil, you have no right over me. Because when I am under God's kingdom, there is a protection that comes that everybody else can die except for me. Listen, everything else, all the animals can die except for mine. Why? Because I'm not part of that kingdom. As long as I raise the barrier around me, the devil cannot have a right into my life. So I want to tell us tonight, don't settle for second best. This year, I want to challenge us. Let's start pushing in more than what we have before. Let's start being more consistent and saying, listen, I'm not going to focus on what everybody else is doing or what's happening around me. I'm going to focus on the Word of God. I'm going to push in and allow the Word of God to change circumstances. And you know what? At the end of the day, how would it be if every one of us ended up on the list of the mighty men in Hebrews 11? Come on. Why must it only be a certain group of guys? Why can't it be us? We also have the Holy Spirit, we have the anointing, we have the power just like they did. What is the difference? The difference is that they only got single-minded in this thing. They said, God, you are in control. We will push in until we see a miracle. We will pray until we see this thing happen. That's why Paul and them in jail could sit down and go, listen, we're not worried, we'll just keep praying. Sing songs. Most of us would not sit down and worship God in prison if you've been falsely arrested. Come on, how many of us would be throwing our toys and saying, devil, take your hands off me, and I'll bind this, and i carry on like this, and i start calling everybody that I know. Let me tell you something. You have got to know the authority in Christ to be able to sit in that place and say, God, we're just going to worship. We don't understand all this stuff, but you promised that I'm going to get to Rome somewhere, and I'm going to get there somehow. The result of him ending up in prison, he started a church. So God is going to take and allow certain things to happen in your life so that you can make a difference wherever you go. So it doesn't matter. I love the story of John when they tried to kill him. Listen, no wonder he was called the beloved because he just couldn't die. They tried to kill this oak so many times and they just could not get this guy dead. They boiled him in oil and he still lived. Can you imagine a cauldron of oil boiling, throw the guy in there and he comes out there and there's nothing wrong with him. They eventually got so mad with him and that's why they put him on the Isle of Patmos. They said, well, let him go there and just die. And there he is on the island of Patmos all alone and the next second he still gets the revelation of the book of Revelation. I want to tell you something, that when the power of God flows in your life, no natural can interfere with that thing. Until... You get to the place where God says, now's the time I need you to come home. Your job's done. But I want us to not settle for where we are at. I want to challenge us. Let's start using the gifts, the power, the anointing, everything that God has for us. In Jesus' name. Amen.
Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that we are going to be consistent this year. Lord, I thank you that we are going to push in. And Lord, that we are going to be one of those that will not settle for the circumstance around us and the status quo. And Lord, that whatever is happening in our cities or our towns, Lord, that we will not settle what everybody else is saying. But Lord, we will start proclaiming what you want. Lord, we will declare the positive. We will release the anointing. Lord, we will change atmospheres. We will change circumstances. God, I thank you that we are going to be men and women of faith, men and women of power, men and women full of the Holy Spirit, making a difference wherever we go. Father, I thank you, Lord, that we are going to allow the anointing of God to start flowing in our lives like we have not had before. And Lord, we are going to release the gifts. We are going to release the authority that you've given us. And Father, I thank you that we are not going to be the same again. In Jesus' mighty name, Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord.